Welcome to the Story Story Night podcast, where you hear true stories on a theme, recorded live on stage and without notes. I'm your host, Jessica Holmes. This week, we dish out another serving from our indulgent November 2011 theme, Full Plate, stories of biting off more than you can chew. We start off with featured storyteller Kylie Krill, who attempts to digest the binges and purges in the life of a new grade school teacher. In 2006, I had just graduated from BSU with my elementary school teaching degree. When I decided to become a teacher, I did it for all the right reasons, to change lives, to watch that light bulb go off as the kids were enlightened with knowledge and power, to make a difference. I knew that those kids were going to think I was the best teacher they'd ever had. I was going to be the one that made them love school. I was filled with optimism and anticipation that first year of teaching. You know, I was looking for a job, and I knew that teaching 30 first graders was going to be a huge challenge for me. I told everybody, I will not teach lower than third grade. I'm just not cut out for it. But when when the time came to get a job, you can't be so picky. It's like getting a gig in the mafia. It's all about who you know. So... I went ahead and, um, you know, the the call came offering me this position and I took it, no questions asked. Uh, I spent hours preparing my classroom, hanging posters, sharpening pencils and writing out name tags in my cute little teacher handwriting. Um, I was thinking the entire time, like, just how wonderful this first year was going to be. But nothing could prepare me for the day which shall forever live in infamy in my teacher memory. It all began with vomit. Uh... I know, right? Um, So having worked with kids before, I knew that I was going to have to deal with boogers and the occasional scrape knee and tears, but vomit is a whole different story. That first year, I had kids who could turn nose picking into an Olympic event. Um, I had others that could conjure up crocodile-style tears in three seconds flat. Uh, But Sergio was a student who chose vomit as his medium. Yeah. Yeah. so every day, um, oh, excuse me, as, as the honeymoon period started wearing off, I started to see the quirks and personalities in my classroom, and I could tell that I had some projects on my hands. These were kids that just needed a little extra love and attention from me as their teacher, and Sergio was one of those kids. He was about three feet tall, but built like a sumo wrestler. He was the largest first grader I've ever seen in my life. Um, he had this full belly laugh, and he'd often laugh himself clear out of his chair if something struck him as particularly funny. Um, and, you know, he, he, he would sit in the cafeteria, and he'd eat his fair share of the delicacies served there, and then he'd offer to polish off any leftovers from his classmates. Um, you know, he was a great kid, but he also had a serious case of learned helplessness. He had anxiety issues, and he would rarely start any task without me sitting right next to him, coaxing him step by step through, this, through the assignment. So every day after lunch recess, I would greet my class as they lined up on the pavement. The bell would ring, and they would all come running in my direction. And Sergio, being built the way he was, would usually end up at, like, the back of the pack, because, you know, I say pack, I'm so short, I could har- hardly ever see the back of my line. Um, so as, he, as the kids would be filing in, I would see Sergio, and he's just doubled over, puking all over the pavement. And, you know, the kids would come running up to me, Miss Kylie, Miss Kylie, Sergio's puking! So this is the cool thing about kids, is they have the best knack for telling you exactly what the blatantly obvious thing is in front of your face. 
So, you know, they were like sports announcers throughout the day calling out the play-by-play of what's going on. Yeah, I, I got it. I see him puking over there. Got it. Um, so, you know, due to his anxiety issues and the fact that he couldn't control his gag reflex, Sergio was often, you know, he just made this like a daily ritual. Um, if he wasn't yakking on the pavement, he was finding other exciting places to leave his lunch. His highlight reel included inside the tube slide. Um, yeah. That was fun. Um, in the middle of the hallway, and then my very favorite was the inside of his desk. He, like, created this school supply vomit stew inside there. It was delicious. Um, yeah. I began to dread taco and spaghetti days during this lunch con. I was like, I just knew they were going to make an encore appearance at some point throughout the day. So... You know, the thing is, is that it was like a sneak attack. He'd be totally fine one minute, and then the next minute, he'd be, like, grabbing his stomach, eyes bulging, cheeks puffed out, and frantically looking for a place to puke. Um, So when he would do that, I would go into survival mode. I'd rush over with a trash can and usher him to the bathroom. And he and I came to this understanding that if the puke lands on the floor, you get to help me clean it up. And uh, that helped him control the vomiting sometimes when he could and improve his aim when he couldn't. So it worked out pretty well. So I thought I had like, you know, gotten through, gotten through the worst of it until that day that made me question whether or not I really should be a teacher. Um, We had just come in from lunch recess and we were sitting on the carpet and I was reading the cute little storybook to the kids when Abigail raised her hand. Now, any of you that are teachers know that if a kid raises their hand, it's like a dangerous crossroads. It can either take you in a really positive, happy direction Or it can take you in this tailspin of this one time and, oh my gosh, my uncle totally has one of those kind of stories, you know? Um, So I didn't know where she was going with the the hand, but I went ahead and called on her. And uh, so, you know, she raised her hand. I call her, yeah, Abigail, what's up? And you can imagine my surprise when she said, "Um, Miss Kylie, Luis has a pistola in his backpack. And I'm like, oh, okay, I don't, okay, I'm reading this book. Um, so I, I glance across the classroom to where the back, backpacks are all hanging against the wall. And then my, you know, my first reaction was to look back at the kids, who seemed completely unfazed by the fact that we were sharing a space with a potentially deadly weapon. So I finished up the story and sent the kids back to their seats um, to read quietly, all the while cursing the fact that my teaching for dummies manuals failed to mention protocol for firearms in a room of first graders. So I walked over the backpacks and and unzipped Luis's backpack, and sure enough, nestled in the bottom was a black handgun. Now, I don't have any experience with guns whatsoever, so I didn't know if it was loaded or not. The only thing I knew for sure was that if I freaked out, there was going to be a riot in this first grade classroom. So I zipped the backpack back up and walked over to the phone where I dialed the office. And after a few rings, the irritated voice of our secretary came over the line, yes. Now, this woman is always difficult to deal with, but on that particular day, I was her personal victim. So, you know, I said, hi, um, can you please just send the principal down for just a minute? And uh, she's in a meeting. What what do you need? Well, um, and, you know, I'm looking at my class, and now 30 pairs of eyes are on me because they can tell I'm in a veritable tug-of-war with this woman on the phone, and they want to see if I'm going to win. So I, uh, I finish up with, uh, if you could just send her down, that would be great. And I hang up the phone. I realized there were no reinforcements on their way. I needed to do something more drastic than that. So I sat down and wrote out a note, encrypted in cursive, right? And uh, yeah, right? Okay. 
So I picked a kid who I knew couldn't read anyway and uh, handed it to him. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I hand it to this kid and send, send her out the door. And a few minutes later, someone did come. The school computer teacher came. And uh, she was, like, standing in the door. So I walked over with the backpack. And Louise, who's, like, you know, peeing his pants. He doesn't know what's going to happen to him. And um, I started talking in, like, a hush, hush tones. And hush tones to kids is like a fire alarm. They were like, ooh, hush tones. What is she saying over there? So... I'm, I'm having this conversation and sensing something is awry. Sergio decides to come up and ask me for some help. I know you know where this is going, right? Uh, <laughs> it was bad. Um, so Sergio comes up. Miss Kylie, I, I need some help. And I said, buddy, give me a minute. Ha- head back to your seat. I'll be there in just a second. So I finish hurriedly because I know that this is just not going anywhere good. And I, I finished, sent Luis and his backpack out the door safely. And I turn around, and there's Sergio, clutching his stomach, cheeks bulging like a chipmunk, and he's going, you know. Um, It was too late. There was no trash can giving to this kid. He, he, you know, he's kind of looking around for what he should do and uh, turns to the girl next to him and just pukes on her. Now, when I say that he puked on her, I don't mean just on her. I mean in her mouth, like... Her hair was like, you know, chunks of spaghetti lunch and down her shirt, you know. And I'll never forget her face because she looked at me with like eyes watering and she wasn't sure if she should vomit or cry or she just wasn't sure. So she chose vomit and she, uh, (laughs) yeah, she puked on the floor and um, this, this caused a chain reaction of vomiting children in my classroom. So... At this point, I've got like three or four kids just hurling, you know, on the floor. And I went into survival mode. It was like code red. I was ushering the kids over to the only part of the room that wasn't covered in vomit. And I, uh, I walked over to the phone, and I, and I grabbed it, and I'm going, please, Lord, let someone else answer, you know. So I call the office, and it's the secretary again. And she snapped at me. She had gotten my note and hadn't everything been dealt with. And she actually hung up on me, thinking that I was overreacting to a, to a smile, mild situation. So I was like, forget this. I, I hung up the phone, and I now use the all-school intercom feature. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm just going to very calmly say, if you could please come to Miss Kylie's room and help me with the situation, that would be great. And what actually came out of my mouth was, I need an adult. I need any adult to Miss Kylie's room now. Please. I repeat, I need an adult. So at this point, I know that my distress call has been heard and someone is coming, Okay. So I ushered all the kids out to the hallway where they're all sitting in, like, the fetal position, shaking. (laughs) PTSD is coming on. I can just see it. Um, And here comes the principal with, like, three people rushing after her. And she comes up and goes, why didn't anyone tell me you needed my help? And I was like, good question. Let's deal with the situation. So it turned into something out of Red Cross Disaster Relief Fund commercial. You know, we set up triage for the kids that were covered in vomit. And we ended up being able to, you know... Uh, downgrade the situation from a, from a code red to a code yellow. It was, it was okay. Um, so I walked my battle-weary troops to the bus at the end of the day, just thankful that it didn't go any worse than it could have. Um, I know that was pretty bad, actually. But um, So, you know, I found out later that that pistola was a uh, BB gun whose identifiable orange tip was buried in the bottom of his backpack. 
And Luis's brother thought a first grader would not get in trouble for having a gun at school, you know, so he put it in his backpack for safekeeping. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, we made it through that first year of teaching unscathed. There was a few more days with snot and tears and even a few more with vomit. But the thing is, is that when you're a teacher, you never know what's going to be served on your plate. And the key is to just try not to choke on any of it. Thank you. Thanks, Kylie. Now, get a taste of what it's like to discover your own true story. Come to our free Story Story Studio on Ideas next Monday, December 19th at 7 p.m. in Colmar Coffeehouse. Workshop it out, no strings attached. Learn more at storystorynight.com. Next, story slammer Glida Bothwell nearly chokes on a heaping helping of a library benefit party. Okay. Well, when I was putting my husband through school... I was working as a librarian in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I got a job as the head librarian of a very small, what we called an inner city branch library. And we had, um, it was a very ethnic neighborhood, and I had a children's librarian who also worked with the children's group. Well, we had this great idea. You know, we didn't have, we had a few people would come in. It wasn't a very big library. It wasn't real busy. Well, let's have, this was a Halloween party. It's not Christmas. This is Halloween. We said, let's have a Halloween party. And, you know, we can advertise and we can have book stories and, and we can have the kids dress up. And this is going to be really fun. So she and I worked so hard getting this, this Halloween party ready to invite all the neighborhood kids in. So it was probably the week before Halloween and this was one of those little um, storefront. I don't know if you know what a storefront is. It's like long and narrow, and there's windows in the front where it used to be a little shop. And um, we'd put books in the, the front of the window. And so we're planning for this Halloween party, and we tell all the schools about it. We put signs on the windows, and we put signs down the street. We're just really advertising this up. It's like, this is going to be so much fun. So we're getting all ready, and we're going to have treats and you know the kids will dress up and this is going to be really good publicity for the library well halloween comes or the party night comes and it's it's already dark because it's you know it gets dark in indianapolis and you know the kids start coming in and it was just really fun and she was telling stories to the little kids and and i was had some of the older kids and then the kids kept coming and the kids kept coming and the kids kept coming and the kids got bigger and the kids got more, and they got bigger and kind of meaner looking. And it's like they were on top of the tables. They were, you know, it was like it was like wall to wall kids and, and and teenagers, and it was it was getting a little scary because, and you know, here's these two little white girls, and here's all these big black kids, and you know, we, you know, we were a little bit out of our element, and but. It was just scary. I mean, we started getting scary. Well, I don't know if we called the police or if they just decided to come. It's like the police showed up, and here's the sirens out, and the sirens are going, and, and you know, we thought we were going to have a race riot on our hands. It was just absolutely horrific. And the police came. I don't, nobody got arrested or anything. And uh, so I really, we bit off more than we could chew because we had no idea we would be so popular. We'd have all these kids come into the library and we almost had a riot on our hands, but we didn't. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you for listening. 
Story Story Night is brought to you by our leaders, yours truly, Jessica Holmes, Anna Dimitriadis, and James Stead, as well as studio instructors Elizabeth McKetta and Kate Riley. Theme song, music, and podcast production are by The Hot Plate, Dan Costello. Hear more at hearcostello.com. Our partners include Boise State Public Radio, the Boise State Story Initiative, Neighborhood All-Stars, The Rose Room, Bricolage, and Red Feather. A big thanks goes out to our Story Think Tank volunteers and photographer Will Jones. Join us on the podcast next week for our third helping of stories from Full Plate. Learn more at storystorynight.com.